time for re-engineering your finances with the founder of CP Weldy Group, Charles Weldy. Well, hey there. Welcome to another edition of Re-Engineering Your Finances. Walter Storholt here with Charles Weldy of CP Weldy Group. He is a certified financial planner serving you in the Delaware and Chester County areas with an office in Chadsford, Pennsylvania. You can find us online at cpweldygroup.com. Charles, great to be with you once again today. We are in our final show of 2021, Christmas and New Year's around the corner. Are you excited for the end of the year? Definitely. And uh, my birthday happens to be Christmas. I'm a Christmas baby, so I'm really looking forward to it. Are you really? Well, how about a happy early birthday to you, my friend? Thank you. Thank you. Has Thank that you. been a, an asset to you over the years, or like my dad's is the twentieth, and he's always been overshadowed by by Christmas? Yeah, I didn't realize till I was eighteen and had my first girlfriend that I was getting the shaft because uh, I come from a family of thirteen. I have eleven brothers and sisters, and uh, they would give me my Christmas gift. They being my parents, and they would say Merry Christmas, Happy Birthday, and usually I got a pretty big gift, so I was like content. But when I got a girlfriend, you know, I remember after we ate Christmas dinner, we went out to a movie. She said, I feel sorry for you. I go, why? She goes, because, you know, you only get one gift. And, you know, realistically, I didn't really care. But, you know, I mean, I'm okay with it. I think it's pretty neat. You know, um, birthdays never really have been that big in our family. Again, with 11 kids, you know, we're just lucky we were eating and, you know, maybe, you know, calling dessert and, you know, maybe getting that extra helping because it was your birthday. So, uh, wow. yeah, no big deal. Yeah. That's crazy. You were a, uh, you must have been a blessing to your parents, though. They were like, oh, okay, one of the 13 falls on Christmas, so we can double up on him at least. That's <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They probably saved like 9%, you know. There you or go. 11%. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> oh, man. What a, how, how interesting that is. But, uh, and then I'm sure it just kind of actually gets even more special, maybe as you get older, to, uh, you know, to share the your birthday with an important date and at least it's always festive on your birthday you know oh yeah no it's great it's gonna hard, I mean, I, be hard to ever have a bad day on your birthday you know? nah i mean i don't think i've ever had a bad christmas i mean i was a paper boy one time i had to deliver the paper in like maybe like three foot of snow but outside of that it was fine you know yeah but that's kind of that sounds cool at least <laughs> may, may, may not have been as fun at the time but right exactly <laughs> makes for a good story well we have a fun show today to end the year um gonna be a little bit different we're gonna be poking some fun at financial advisors out there no, in all seriousness, we're going to kind of look at where sometimes financial advisors drop the ball because, you know, a lot of people aren't getting the kind of advice and service from a financial advisor that they should be. And in some of those cases, the advisor might just only be managing the investments but not providing guidance in other important areas. We know that the word financial advisor is a pretty wide definition and can mean a lot of different things. And so we want to talk about some of the things that your advisor, if they truly think that they're an advisor, should be doing for you. So it should be a good chance for anybody to evaluate their current relationship with their financial advisor. And point number one, I know, is for certain high on your list, Charles. You've been doing this for many, many years as a financial planner, ever since you were uh, a CPA, and uh, continue to carry on that importance in taxes to your planning these days. But yeah, obvious thing number one is reviewing tax returns. I can't believe that there's financial advisors out there who don't do this. Well, my understanding, I'm not going to name any names, but there's some there's some national firms that, that are well-known national firms that are precluded from um, reviewing tax returns. And, you know, I've heard the reason why, it, and I have like a, a cousin that works for one of these firms, 
And, um, you know, he told me that, you know, the lawyers for the firm don't want the advisors to get involved in, you know, tax planning, so to speak, because if they made a mistake, there's, you know, potential, you know, a lawsuit, what have you. Me, I can't understand how you could be a financial advisor and really not zero in on integrating like financial planning and tax planning. I just think it's kind of like uh, negligence, to be honest with you. But again, um, you know, the way the industry's set up, there's uh, certain firms that pr uh, preclude their advisors from looking at tax returns because they don't want them to maybe give bad advice and eventually get, get sued. You know, we just, it's part of our engagement. Like, uh, I, I think realistically, if somebody came in with a very, very large IRA or 401k, and I'll just say for discussion purposes, it's a million dollars or more, I know I can help them a lot more than just somebody that came in with a million dollars outside of a retirement plan. So the reality of it is, is um, reviewing tax returns, I think is critical for most advisors and not all advisors are, you know, playing that game, so to speak. That's helpful to know, Charles. And yeah, I think that's one that I would certainly feel more comfortable if an advisor was kind of helping look at the whole picture of my financial health rather than just hey, this investment or that investment. Always good to make decisions in context with the full picture. And that's going to be a common theme through all of these examples where advisors may be dropping the ball. Another one we have on the list here, Charles, is evaluating the fees and the costs in your investments. Some advisors don't make a big deal out of that, right? That's true. I mean, we had an earlier podcast where we talked about fees, and I was basically talking about the advisor's fees that generally uh, run around 1% of the assets under management. But uh, there's definitely internal fees. And, you know, when I get a plan that I'm working on, I'll look at the internal fees, the turnover costs, the tax inefficiencies. And the reality of it is, is that maybe the average um, equity expense fee, internal fee, might be 0.75%, right? So 0.75%, what does that mean? If you have a $100,000 account, you're paying $750 internally just to be in the investments that you're in. Now, an advisor might charge 1%, so total all in, you're paying 1.75. Well, today, with exchange-traded funds, with index funds, I mean, obviously, there's exceptions. Not everybody wants to be in index funds or exchange-traded funds, but their expense ratios are so low, they might be as low as 0.06. So just there, if you take 0.75 minus 0.06, that's like 69 basis points. You just save somebody $690 a year on a $100,000 account just by the way that you had their assets positioned in a low-cost internal environment. Uh, so evaluating fees and costs to me are really important because at the end of the day, I mean, I've read and you probably read recently that going forward, equity returns may not be what they have been in the past. And historically, equity returns in the past, you know, pre-inflation may have been about 10 percent. I think now they're talking more like six or seven percent. So the lower the, the total return, the more important these fees are. So evaluating fees, both inside, internal, and outside, external, the advisor, are critical you know, to your investment success, I believe. Yeah, you add in just those two things, reviewing taxes and evaluating the fees and costs of investments, could make some huge differences in somebody's plan. And we're not even done talking about these areas where advisors drop the ball, but those are certainly two significant areas where we see it. Another area where it happens, Charles, would be in discussing and planning retirement income. If the conversation doesn't turn toward income at some point, you've gone wrong, right? Exactly. I mean, everybody's, you know, when they're working, they're in the accumulation phase. 
and there's a story like, hey, how many people died, you know, uh, on Mount Everest? And I don't know the number, but, you know, the next question is, you know, did they die on the way up or did they die on the way down? And most people died on the way down. So the point I want to make is that at some point you got to take your assets that are accumulating and converting them into income, you know, the distribution phase. And um, everyone has, not, not everyone, but most people have an income gap. What I mean by that, Walter, is, hey, how much do you need each and every month coming in like clockwork? And whatever that figure is, let's just say it was like, you know, 8000 a month. And let's just say that your Social Security benefit, you know, and you're married, you and the spouse, is uh, 5000 a month. So you're short three and you have no pension. Well, 3000 a month, you know, income gap, you know, uh, that's your retirement income gap. We have to plan for that. How are we going to make sure that, A, you know, that money's there when needed, and B, it increases as inflation increases, and C, it lasts as long as you and your wife do. So uh, discussing and planning retirement income are critical where, you know, most, not most, but some people are more focused on accumulation. What was my rate of return last year? You know, uh, how was it compared to the, you know, uh, the indices? Uh, and, and I always tell a story like, hey, if I have a client that makes eight and he or she runs out of money, and I have a client that makes five and he or she doesn't run out of money, who won the race? So, you know, realistically, uh, planning retirement income is critical. Yeah, you know, accumulation is part of that, but really how your assets are distributed and located, uh, you know, will go a long way in helping you maintain, you know, a hopefully a healthy retirement. How you spend it becomes just as important as how you saved it. That is for sure. All right, another area, Charles, where we find financial advisors dropping the ball is clarifying the target and goal for each of your invested dollars. Basically, nothing should ever be invested without having a purpose attached to it. Is that right? I agree, but I would just say this, that most people have like one portfolio. So, you know, the portfolio might be, let's just say 60% stock, 40% fixed income. So they have one portfolio, it's a moderate portfolio. It's going to grow moderately because it's only going to get 60% of the market gains because only 60% of their money is in stock. But the reality of it is, is, um, you know, the disconnect there is like, hey, if I have a client that needs $30,000 a year and they have a million dollars, and they want a safe investment, and the safe investment will pay three, I got to take that whole million dollars, Walter, and I have to put that in one investment at 3% to get my $30,000 a year. And it might sound like, hey, you know, that's, that's a decent strategy. Let's just take one year at a time. But the reality of it is, you know, we're kind of going to miss out on inflation because inflation is going to make that 30000 less valuable in the future as prices rise. And the other thing is I'm tying up a million dollars. So instead of doing that, maybe a better alternative may be, and I'm just like, you know, this is just a hypothetical. I might say, you know what, let's put $300,000 in one investment where, hey, maybe you're only going to make, you know, one, one and a half percent, but we're going to spend that down over the next like 10 years, 30000 a year for the next 10 years. That gives us permission to take the remaining balance of $700,000 and put it in another category, maybe a later bucket, where now it's heavily invested in stocks, and that money's gonna grow to replenish the $300,000 that we 
you know, are spending down over the next 10 years. So the point I want to make is that, you know, clarifying uh, and, and targeting each investment dollar is really critical. You need to have now money, money that you're going to need to supplement your lifestyle, that income gap that we talked about. You're going to need later money. Money is going to have to replace that spend down money, which hopefully will be invested in something like stock that will, you know, maybe get six instead of three and, you know, double in value like a lot quicker. Uh, and then obviously you need money in cash. And again, you know, not having too little because if there's an emergency, you want to make sure the money's there and not having too much because if you have too much, guess what? You know, father inflation is, is rearing his ugly head. So, um, you know, clarifying and targeting uh, each of your invested dollars, you know, for a specific goal is really critical. And we do that via the now, the soon and the later bucket strategy, putting your, your money in different buckets, three different buckets. If you have questions about something we've talked about on today's show, do reach out to Charles, talk to him about these different things, how he can walk through your specific plan to give you some advice and guidance on how to properly prepare for your financial future. 610-388-7705 is the number to call, or you can go online to cpweldygroup.com, and we'll link to those pieces of contact information in the show notes of today's show. Last but not least, Charles, let's look at one more way where advisors drop the ball, and that would be reviewing family goals and legacy plans, kind of looking to the next generation beyond the impact of the dollars, you know, in today's terms and looking into the future. Uh, why is that so important to do, and how often do you end up doing that with, with your clients? How important is that to most folks? Well, I think to just about everybody it's important. I would say that the bulk of the clients that I meet with, I mean, probably they're most um, pressing need is, hey, I want to make sure I run out of air before I run out of income. So they want to make sure their income lasts. But, you know, those that have, you know, really addressed that issue, uh, you know, they're, they have an idea what's going to be left over, whether it's like real estate, you know, whether it's IRA money, whether it's non-IRA money. And basically, you know, a family legacy for a lot of people is, is fairly important. And for me, when we talk about family goals and legacy plans, you know, the need for life insurance or, you know, the need for, you know, um, looking at life insurance may arise. You know, obviously, there's people that have a lot of wealth, uh, but they have no long term care insurance. And it's like, hey, you know, I know that they probably could, you know, pay as they go, you know, in terms of, you know, the assets that they have if they eventually need long term care. But the reality of it is, is like, hey, you know, do you really want to do that? You, know, you work for 40 years, you've accumulated all this you know, all these like monies and you want it to go to a nursing home or do you want it to go to the government? You know, what is your legacy? You know, and, you know, a lot of times the legacy is children, grandchildren. And uh, I see a lot of like 529 plans for grandkids. And I see, you know, for people that have a lot of wealth, I see life insurance policies that will actually transfer uh, a good portion of a client's wealth to uh, a son or a daughter or another family member tax free. And that's really the beauty of these plans is, you know, reviewing the tax returns, making sure the fees are reasonable, you know, filling that income gap, making sure that your assets are located in the right direction, and then making sure that, hey, if something happens and you are not here anymore, is it going to the people you love in the way that you want it to go, the most efficient way? And that's why I love what I do, Walter. I love planning. I think the plan is the product. Many people have products 
and investments, but very few people had this dollar date specific plan. And if they had one, I think they would just feel a lot more stress-free and comfortable about their future because a good plan will take into consideration all types of, you know, uh, I guess all types of uh, scenarios, good, bad, and different. So um, hopefully, like, you know, that kind of wraps up our our, uh, podcast today. But for the most part, advisors do drop the ball and, you know, Maybe like not intentionally, but the reality of it is you just got to make sure that, you know, you have a, you know, complete financial plan, you understand it and you implement it. And by doing that, I think you're going to be way ahead of the game. Great point. Across the board there, Charles. Good episode today. Thanks for filling us in on some of those gaps where financial advisors tend to drop the ball or not provide sort of that full level of service. And uh, glad to hear that you certainly embrace all these different elements in your planning process. Again, if you want to get in touch with Charles, talk a little bit about your financial plan, how you can improve your retirement future, and make sure that all these different moving parts are addressed, not just about the investments, but so much more. Call 610-388-7705. That's 610-388-7705. Or go online to cpweldygroup.com. And you can always check the description or show notes of today's show for that contact info as well. And we will look forward to talking to everybody next time right back here on Reengineering Your Finances. Financial planning and advisory services are offered through Prosperity Capital Advisors, PCA, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Registration as an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The CP Weldy Group and PCA are separate non-affiliated entities. PCA does not provide tax or legal advice.